Okay, so anyways, we're going we're gonna to bring in the podcast guest here. His name is Joseph Sim, stellar, stellar guy. Joe, why don't you say hello? How's it going? Well, thank I very, thank you very much for having me. Obviously, he doesn't follow instructions very well. I said, <laughs> I said, say man. hello. I'm he is his man. own man. Yeah, I'm my own man. Joe, <laughs> Joe Sim, stellar guy. So, um, of course, as we know, as we, this is this is we're doing a retake. So we are, we yes. are doing a retake. Yeah, this is this is take two. So we've actually talked about like a little bit about how we met already mm-hmm. because the story is kind of vague. Yes, and we wanted. Joe wanted to figure that out. At least, well, my my biggest thing is I realized, oh, this is my first time doing a podcast. How do I how do I speak? What do I say? Yeah. Um, so we're just going to find out how this goes. You you and I met on on I think interesting terms because we I for the longest time couldn't remember a specific moment where that's where I met Alex Woods. That's yeah. where I know you from. And I was really nervous about coming, you know, bringing this up in conversation just in case you did and you knew exactly where we met and exactly how we met. Fortunately, I had no idea. Fortunately, we're just as clueless as exactly yeah. each other, which is phenomenal. Um, but we, and something that's very common, I think, in, in YSA is that totally. we, we were kind of in each other's backgrounds. For the yeah, you time. kind of float around each yeah, other. Exactly. and you, You've got mutual friends, you know of each other. Um, yeah. But because there's so many people in a room, you don't really know anyone you, you know your group of friends, and that, yeah. that's, that's kind of it. Yeah. Um, I remember coming back off of a mission, um, obviously recognizing you. Yeah. And I remember being at some some activity, and I saw you walking around with a camera, with a mic on top, like sophisticated gear. Super sophisticated. And in, that, in that moment, I realized oh, there's someone else. There's someone, someone else, else here like me. That walks around with a camera, and he can make me feel a little less weird about it. And so I think I think that's really that was the common ground which sort of set it all up. And then since totally. then we've worked on honestly quite a lot of projects together. Yeah, yeah, and I, and some of them some of them have been jobs, and some of them have been just mm. just for the heck of it. And that's that's what I love the most. Yeah, the fact that it's we we've worked on like projects we're passionate about, and yep. then in turn because we realize because we're able to develop chemistry on set in that mm-hmm. way, we can then take that to actual jobs yeah yeah which, which i think is great oh it's fantastic and it's really it's really good to have that kind of filmmaker community as well where where you can have fun but you can also work together totally agree. right yeah. because i think a lot of film i mean how we get our practice is by playing yeah oh, right is by just making these random little things mm-hmm. and messing around and then, and then we apply that to our jobs. So yeah, that's that's how we met. But we, yeah. there was, you know, I always knew of you. Oh, there were there were years. Yeah, of yeah. Just sort of being in each other's background. But yeah. yeah, that's that's amazingly common. Oh, in different YSA awards. Totally, totally. Yeah. And you just see each other around, and you never never really think to associate because you've already got your friends. That's true. Right. That's true. And it, 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 I'm very glad that you walked in without a camera because we. Like I said, we've worked on some really cool things together. Yeah, yeah. Why don't we go through a few of those? Okay, let's see. Which ones do I want to bring up to the audience? Let's let's see. Um, Most recent one was a wedding that we both shot. That was was a lot of fun. It was about minus 3,000. Oh, it was so cold. I I, Seriously, my fingers were going to snap off. I felt like that. Like... When I got inside, I had to pry them off my camera and let them thaw out. And I just saw like water coming off of my fingers because as they were thawing, that is crazy. It was awful, man. But hey, it was fun. You, you the coolest thing though, for whether you're aware of it in the audience, maybe not. You would have no idea unless you told them later on a podcast. The mm-hmm. entire shoot, you were smiling and. You know, well, you got to be. Actually, I feel like everybody knew I was cold. I was. Okay, to be fair, to be fair, that's like very difficult not to realize that. Yeah. It was minus, like, minus, I think it was like minus 20. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If not colder. Yeah. And we, (laughs) wanted to look as official as possible, no, like, winter jackets, we just had our burgundy places. Yeah. I mean, we looked good. Oh, we looked good, but we paid a price for it. Oh, totally. I do think it's a massive credit to you that you, even amidst, the pain and the suffering oh, and yeah. the fact you were about to lose a hand, you just still, like, 
amazingly personable and just good with people and still working on it. Still got to have fun. And you know what? The nice thing was everyone else was cold too. Yes. So so that helps. When everyone else is freezing and you're like, oh man, it's cold. They're like, I can relate. It is so, so cold. That was, that was a really, that was a really good shoot and a really good wedding. Um, that's yeah. really finished, actually. Oh, is it yeah, just a, about there's done? A, there's a team that I can show you. Okay, sweet. Yeah, show me after. And I mean, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be done. Exactly. It'll be done. Um, other projects, my, regardless of, if you can even count it as a project, one of my favorite um, shoots we did was when we went to Forget We Not Lake and played with... That was fun. We, we worked with drone footage. And yeah. We, just, we documented it. And that was just, that was amazing. Because I, yeah. I remember being... Um, I just finished I think a good month of just being swamped with work and then I remember finishing because I was working at a photography studio at the time leaving the office and you and I just drove into the mountains and just yeah for yeah awesome because I met you at your place yeah and then and then we just peaced out mm-hmm. and uh and went out and that was so cool. awesome so cool fly oh flying, flying that thing oh it's too fun it's awesome. it's so good yeah yeah so that was another really fun project we did um also that's where we got some of the shots for your kind of vlog that, opener no, and stuff that's true yeah I, as well every every single episode yeah I'm yeah in a, uh, a video series called this is joe which is more or less the the story of me coming out of you know working a full-time job going into freelancing and sort of telling the telling the story and the, the many cases of trial and error <laughs> So um, yeah, you're you're in your shot is the opening shot every single episode. Yeah, yeah, very proud, so very again. proud. No problem. This and it's the way you can bring up loyalty. It, it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, just so everyone's aware here, Joe owes me. Uh, let's see. Oh, you should see Joe's face going red here. He's he's feeling the pressure. Uh, so. <laughs> So I think okay, one of my favorites though that we've worked on yes was the RMTC, oh, like bar none. Yeah, that was that was amazing. Cause that I think cause okay, the actual video is what four minutes. Four minutes, yeah. And then there's a ten minute blooper reel. Mm-hmm. And there's still and then so much there's even things. more because I know I know when I watched I watched the video <laughs> and I was like oh where was that scene. And then I watched the blooper reel, and then I was like, it wasn't in there. <laughs> but it was hilarious. There was so much. That's the thing. Because there were a lot of really funny people yes. in that room. And that, that was what led it to being the video that it was. And I, I, I still think it's – that's the video that I'm most – from, like, the YouTube comedy standpoint. Yes. Like, that, that's the one that I'm most proud of because it was just so much fun to be a part of. Well, it's clever, and it was fun to make. Yes. And we had the right people involved. Totally had the right people. Right? Absolutely. Who were very aware of Mm -hmm. Mormon culture and missionary culture. Yeah. And the stereotypes and cliches that go along with it. And so then just drawing on everybody's understanding of that and just playing with it. Well, the beauty is they all had personal experiences about it. They weren't like creating things out of thin air. A lot of it were instances that either they've been a part of to some degree yeah or, or something that they'd seen yeah and so everyone everyone just had so much to bring to the table but mm-hmm. they were also all fully aware of what the end goal was yeah like they, they knew the theme they knew like the the way in which we were going to shoot it and it just worked oh it, so it well. worked really it so much fun. really well i watched that the other day i was mm-hmm. i was showing some missionaries and which I think it's it's fine for them to watch because it's, it's yeah. made by members It'll and it's about them scared for exactly, yeah, exactly exactly. It'll make them treasure that mission more. Exactly. <laughs> so I was showing some missionaries, and they, um, and I saw myself in there. I look way different. We all do. Yeah, yeah. you you look way way different. Everybody does. I mean, some of the people have moved away. Yeah. Some are married. It's really like a year. That's the scary part. Yeah, yeah. I think that was like October of of 2016. Oh, no, it was. Yeah, it was 2016. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's been longer than I thought. That's crazy. That's crazy. But that was a really fun one. That was a really fun shoot. So, so obviously, YouTube is a a big thing for you and will lead into that. 
Um, but let's start all the way back, all the way back. So if people haven't noticed, Joe talks a little bit funny, I, like it's a speech purely, it's, impediment. It's purely for attention. Let's it's, just get this It's all for attention. It's, I'm from Edmonton. This is He's from crying. Edmonton. This is just a cry for attention so that people will pay. We'll just Edmontonians constantly seeking attention. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. So I, my, <laughs> my long-winded story, Tell it. I'll, I'll try and make it short and sweet, This is all in the south. So okay. we spent some time in the East Midlands, we'd go to Bristol, we'd go to Cambridgeshire, and we'd sort of, it's almost like a circle we'd be yeah. doing, um, which I, I kind of liked. I, I liked this, uh, the idea of uh, like a fresh start, new change of pace, um, like that was, that was really intriguing to me. Yeah. Um, and let's see, I felt like I was just, it was just a regular childhood, I'd go to school, come back, I'd see friends, you know, yeah. Watch way too much television. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, it was when I was it was when I was sixteen, and these are the memories that I can definitely picture more clearly. The rest is the rest is a little bit blurred. Yeah. Uh, but when I was sixteen, my family decided they were going to move to Canada. Um, my mum was working as a gymnastics coach, and she saw an opportunity at um, in Calgary. So we we took I think it took like two weeks one summer we we flew in just to see it just to like get a feel for this yeah. country on like the other yeah. side of the world that we might potentially be moving to and i was 16 i was the oldest of uh of three three kids and i i was hooked within like a day i think really the minute i the minute i drove around and just got a to be fair we were tricked because we came during the summer we came during those oh. blessed two little summer months yeah so i i knew part partially of what I was getting myself yep, into. Yep. It's, to be honest, genius in terms of the sale pitch my, my parents were doing. Oh, genius. very. Yeah, they very. knew exactly what they were doing. Um, but it, it, it took about a day to, to realize that, yeah, this is this is where I want to move to, like, mm-hmm. instantly. I think a lot of it had to do with the, a lot of it had to do with the culture, um, the, the type of lifestyle that the average Canadian was having. Mm-hmm. Houses, this is to a 16-year-old kid, like, the houses, yeah. the houses are bigger, and... They are a lot bigger here, yeah, eh? exactly. Yeah. Things, things that you notice right away at 16, think, like, dumb things, like, ooh, they have Wendy's here, and they don't have that back in England. I guess we'll move to Canada. Yeah. Things like, things like that. Um, so that was... Yeah, look, it's, it's interesting to, to look back and realize what stood out to me as a 16-year-old boy. Um, but I think it was just... A lot of people have this dream in England of going to North America. Even really? though we don't know, go, looking back, in, England isn't, like, we don't know as much about America as like we probably could. Like It's just this idea that really? everything is bigger and better in America, in North America. Yeah. And that's, that's a really common thing. Um, huh. There were, there were all sorts of people that were, and even just being in Canada, I bump into English people all the time because... Yeah. We all had this idea that while things were good in England, there's, and I'm sure, maybe this is the case in every country, that somewhere else things are bigger, yeah. better, and more sunny, which isn't tough to be England on that. But no, no, no. It's Everywhere great. is sunnier. Yeah, it's great every yeah. time, yeah. So that, that's not difficult to match. But there, there was this idea that Canada is the place to, Canada or America are the place to be. Hmm. And it took about a day, and we, I was sold, and then about six months later, we, we moved. Really? Yeah, and then I've been been here more or less ever since, up until a mission back in England. To England, wow, yeah. which is awesome. So how? So you moved here at sixteen? Yes. Okay. Okay. I thought I thought you might have moved here sooner, but I mean, I guess that's what this podcast is about. Yeah. <laughs> Learning things yeah. I never knew about my yeah. friends. And it was it was at the perfect time, if I'm being honest, because yeah, was, it was at a time where. At 16, most people are, like, defining themselves and who mm-hmm. they are. And I'm, I, I obviously can't make a comparison because I, I didn't, after 16, I didn't spend any time in England up until the mission. Yeah. But I, I really do think that in terms of defining the type of person I was going to be, Canada just 
was filled with so much more opportunities for good than perhaps in England. That's, really? That, that's just in my opinion. Well, even, even in terms of like spiritual aspects, like the church is minuscule in comparison to yeah. Canada. So that, that Com- was huge. At least, at least compared to Southern Alberta. Oh, where yeah, we live. Yeah. Yeah, from, from England to where I went. Like it was me and my sister were the only LDS people in in my high school. Yeah. Time, which, was, yeah. which is crazy to think about now because then I moved to, I think my senior year, there was about like 50... LDS kids in the school. Really? Crazy. What school did you go to? I went to I went to the Foothills Composite High School for about two years before I graduated. Okay, okay. Yeah, over in uh, Oak Church. Yeah, yeah. It was really cool. It was a yeah. really good place. That is sweet. But I, I think in terms of, the, there are so many positive things that help define me. Like even just um, like people that I still idolize now, I, I just wonder what my life would have looked like if I didn't meet those people in the Canadian yeah which is a really really interesting concept when you look at you know how your life is and you know you have no idea how it could have been different but all you all you can do is be grateful like i met these people and isn't that awesome yeah Yeah. so that that's phenomenal so so you finished high school here then finished high school uh 2012 um, and then after that, I spent, I knew I wanted to go serve a mission. So I spent yep. a year to save up for that. I shoveled snow when it snowed and I mowed lawns when you could actually see a lawn. And that's, yeah. that's what I spent about a year doing. But it was also the year that I really, I really found that filmmaking was my passion. I knew that, I knew that filmmaking was something that interested me and it was fun. Mm-hmm. But up until that point, it'd never really been more than just like ideas for like stories that I planned with my brother or like the occasional thing that we'd film in a basement with my friends. Yeah. Um, it never really, at no point was anything ever like scripted or I never, I never really put the time or effort that I did up until that year in between high school and the mission. Yeah. So that, that really sort of, that was an insight as to, okay, I need to remember this because this might very well play into my future. Yeah. Yeah. Or Which what, I, what I'd want to do. Which is which is awesome. So you, t- in getting into that filmmaking and stuff, mm-hmm. what what did you find? Uh, I don't know. Benefited you the most in in starting to get into that? How did you get into that? Into do the it? film? Yeah. Um, a lot of that had to do with the people I was with. Yes. Yeah. I, for the longest time, even in England, for for years before I moved to Canada. I, I knew, and my brother knew, that we loved the idea of film. We were, we were obsessed with uh, different movies that came out, and we were obsessed with like the, how they came to be, mm-hmm. you know, from like scripts to an actual film itself. But I never did anything with it, because at that time, the only person that would give any interest, other than myself, was my little brother, who must have been like 12. Yeah. Time, sorry, younger than that, was, uh, probably like eight nine because it's he he's like six or f- he's wait how old let me see oh no he's five years younger five, five years, years younger than you five yeah years younger. yeah so uh like yeah 10 11 um so he's the only one that maybe at that age would indulge <laughs> yeah my, my you know passion for film but we never filmed anything i think we filmed two small videos two in, really in the whole time uh that we were in england um and then I, I moved to Canada and finally there were these people that the minute I finally let slip that I wanted to, you know, make a movie, they were just, it was just the type of friends I had at the time, like, yeah, let's do it. That's yeah. awesome. They, they, and they, they loved it just because it was a chance for us to do crazy things and justify it because it was underneath the umbrella of making a YouTube video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, which I remember before I met you watching some of your videos. And and it is it is really really strange cuz you were you became somewhat of a local celebrity. I disagree when people say that. I, I no no no. I really do. And what anyone okay. can be on YouTube, anyone. Anyone, yeah. But but not everyone is and and I would frequently hear people say your name. Before I ever watched any of your videos, they're like, "Oh yeah, Joe Sim, did you did you see his video?" That's crazy. Yeah. See, I I didn't realize this was happening until much much later, mm-hmm. uh, to the point where I didn't believe people when they were saying it. And yeah. And I realized, oh, I guess this some of this came up in conversation, which is baffling. To yeah. Me. Yeah. It still is. Well, yeah. you, so you've had 
a few pretty successful videos that have okay, floated so, around the Mormon world. Okay, so if you put it under the pretext of the Mormon world, yeah. I can I can partially agree with that. If yeah. you put it under the umbrella of like all of YouTube, absolutely not. No. Like you've got anyone that's like successful in YouTube now, and keep in mind YouTube is much bigger than it was at the time. Yeah. But they're the people that are, you know, they have about over 5 million subscribers and millions upon millions of videos of views on each video. Yeah. So I think in terms of like YouTube success, absolutely not. I love yep. what I did. But in, in terms of the, the Mormon realm, I think it had more to do with the fact that so few people were making content to, to fit that. Like Little to, niche. To fit inside that box. And yeah. Niche. Then, then yeah, people, people paid attention to it, which was, which was intensely flattering. Yeah. It, it was really fun too. Yeah. Which, yeah, it was always it was always funny. Like I would see your videos featured on like there's that LDS Smile website, and and I saw it featured there, and their stuff would always circulate around my Facebook feed, and and I'm like, oh, weird. I know that guy. (laughs) And it's not to dis, and it's absolutely not to discredit any work that people put into it because it wasn't just me. It was you know people that were sitting down with me and like running through ideas and like talking about the stories. Um, so it's not to discredit any work they did. It's just, it's at the time we were working in a niche where very few people were. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun to, to do that. It was really fun to do that. Do you think that niche has gotten more filled now? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I t- totally think so. There's, um, I also think it's in the last, I want to say five years, the, it's become more culturally acceptable to talk about it. I don't know if it ever, to be honest, I don't know if it ever wasn't. I think it's, people seem more comfortable to talk about it in, on a broader platform when hmm. they have it. So even, like, even the church, for instance, they've, they've completely redefined their whole, not marketing structure, because it makes sound like a business, but the, the, the people that are producing these videos, they know what they're doing. Cause they, oh, totally. They're, making it, they're, they're turning the idea of Mormon, they're, they're converting the idea of, like, it's this, different unique faith to no it's just how some people live and they seem to be doing really well with it yeah that's that's when, when the minute you start getting celebrities sharing the i'm a mormon videos mm-hmm. it just humanizes everything like yeah it just, beca- it just becomes very real and so i think that started it and then yeah. i think there are all sorts of people that no one knew their belief system and then all of a sudden lindsey sterling will post a picture of her just sat in church with her friends. Yeah. And it, it's, it becomes, like, just culturally, people are talking about it more. So yep. I, I think absolutely it's, that niche is being filled in a, in a really good way too. Yeah, and, and it's it's very healthy. I mean, oh, people absolutely. are just comfortable talking about it. I mean, we're sitting here on a podcast where which will be listened to by Mormons and non-Mormons, yeah. everybody. And, and keep in mind, when I was 16, I would hardly bring it up. That I was like, really I, like I really wouldn't because I yeah. was I was really scared about what people would think and this I think this applies to anyone even outside the church like when people are passionate about something like for me let's say two things film yeah and the church like those two things that I did nothing about because I was scared of what people would think and then actually going for it that's some really positive experiences yeah so I think everyone regardless of what it is you should never shy away from anything just because they're, you know, they're unsure how it's going to be received. Yeah. And, and in this case, yeah, people in the, the church have been doing that really well. Yeah. So do you, 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 you said that you were scared to, to show that, to show your love for film and to show Absolutely. your love yeah. for, for your religion. Mm-hmm. How, how did you move past that in order to make, make something out of it? Because arguably you you would have had a lot less success if you didn't hit that market. Oh, totally. Right? Yeah. Well, that was that's when I realized that it could be it could be done in a very small degree. Mm-hmm. I realized that oh, if I make something and you know put enough effort, people will hopefully reciprocate that and see that maybe pay attention to it. Which yeah. is and and that's that mentality is because I my current state now is filming weddings and work for businesses as well as some other personal projects and i try and keep that mentality of just being passionate and giving it my all regardless of how it's going to be received because i yeah. think people know when there's passion behind the project yeah it has a little bit of has a little bit of sincerity oh totally yeah so you you found a way to just move move past that definitely and not get all at once. definitely not all at once 
You just magically one day woke yeah, up you know, and you're like, I was like, you know what? Screw you guys. I don't I'm care what make, people think. I'm going to go make some videos. I, I had an instant where I realized it was possible. Yeah. Uh, regardless of how easy or not easy it was to, to do that, I was, uh, I was about 17. And I'd mentioned when I was uh, 16 back in England, I was very apprehensive to do just about anything yeah. that sort of put myself into focus or into the spotlight. I was terrified of it. Which is, is a little bit contradictory for a guy that puts himself on YouTube now. Oh, as, totally. As, as often as maybe I do. Yeah. Um, I was. I felt like it was my role in my group of friends to be the guy that sort of sat on the sidelines and nodded, and was still with the group, still with the friends, still participated, but definitely wasn't. N never, never in my life had I ever like led a conversation or was I the guy saying, "Hey." Let's do this now. I've got all these ideas. Like I wouldn't initiate anything, even yeah. even from like social standpoints of conversations. I just I just wouldn't do it. And so I was seventeen at a I think it was a Halloween party. I think it was maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I was at a I was at a party. I don't know why I was there because I was terrified of those situations. Yeah. So if you've got an introvert, it's like let's just throw him in the midst of loud music and lots of people. Let's just see how. He yeah, does which is not not what you are now. I, or you you might still be that on there, the inside, there are but there so many aspects of myself where I consider myself an introvert. But yeah, I think there are a lot of cases where, like, I, I shoot weddings now, so yeah. it is a, that is a very social business. Yeah, where I, I've had to teach myself to you know be as enthusiastic as possible and to you know work on work on all those social things. Yeah, yeah. But at the time, I didn't think it was possible. So this this night, um, I, remember, I remember it so clearly, um, aside whether it was Halloween or not, but I remember the house, I remember who was there, and I, like I said, for the longest time, my role in a group of friends was to sit on the sidelines, mm -hmm. because I felt that was who I was. That's just, that's, that's, that's Joe, that's, that's your personality, that's, that's, that's just who you are. Don't touch it, don't change it, that's it. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking about it that night. I don't know why I was thinking about it, but I, in that moment, I realized I was not surrounded by any of my, you know, traditional friend group. Yeah. Basically, these six guys that were around me, just you know, picking from the snack table, had no idea who I was. I had no idea who I was. Who I had no idea who they were. Yeah. And I think it was in that moment where I thought, you know what? If I were to show some degree of confidence to these guys that don't know me, Yeah, is it possible that they'll just assume that's who I am? Or will they be able to see through it instantly and say, this is a guy acting completely out of his element? I, I wondered like how, it, how much of it was perception of who I was supposed to be based on who I actually was. And yeah. that, I, that idea was just, it was with me all day. I just, I couldn't stop thinking about it. So I was like, you know what? As terrifying as this is, I'm going to just start chatting with these guys. Yeah. And I'm going to do it more confidently, more confidently than I usually would. I'm going to be the guy that initiates conversation. And, and so I did. And I just, I think at the first time in my entire life at 17, I like initiated and led a conversation with multiple people, which mm. I, I think some people would be shocked by because a lot of people just, it's in their nature. To yeah. Just be the guy that sort of, you know, ring leads a conversation, ring leads a group of people. Do you yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. And I think a lot of people that know you, would think that that's in your nature. And I'd actually be curious to know if that was the case. I, no, I, I really would. I, yeah, I, I know from, see, from seeing you, my perception of you is like, <laughs> Joe's got the charisma, he's, he's outgoing, he's excited, he's enthusiastic, and, and you know, so... So I've deceived you. You've deceived me. Saying. Yeah. Yeah. So good work. <laughs> Thank you, man. Your, uh, your plan is working. Years in the making. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, that, that night, I'm convinced, uh, changed my life in a sense because yeah. I, I did. I started talking to these guys and to them, they didn't know that I'd spent most of my life apprehensive about more or less everything. I was a warrior to, oh, to the extremes. I was really? about everything. Um, like I just, I would jump to the worst case scenario all the time. And for the first time, I was this guy that I, I knew I'd never really been before. And the beauty of it is they just assumed that's who I was. Yeah. And so and I, in that moment, in regards to whether I could process it at the time, I think it became very real to me that 
your whatever role you're in does not mean that you're destined for that role or personality traits or just personality in general for the rest of your life yeah it just doesn't work like that yeah and that changed the way that i view uh it's changed the way that i perceive business opportunities mm-hmm. um friendships relationships because these this idea that you're who you are and that's it is nonsense in my opinion yeah because and don't get me wrong it wasn't after that night that halloween night that party whatever wherever it was things weren't just different after that. i had to like really work at it but at that time i knew it was possible because mm-hmm. i knew that okay if i really work on this thing that people call charisma or if i you know work on like really putting myself out there and trying to initiate things maybe i could do it yeah because I, I saw it last night and it's I, I'm a totally different person than I was mm-hmm. at 16, which which is not uncommon for many people. No, no. I mean, ideally, yeah, everyone's exactly. different from when they were 16. Exactly. But it was so refreshing to think that this person that I got irritated by, like myself at 16, you, you don't have to keep those personality traits. You don't have to keep that. And yet, yeah, it's, it's absolutely a process, but it's totally real to, to change that. There is no way that I could be shooting weddings now if I wanted to just sort of keep to myself. There's no way it would work. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, do you think you ever would have even made YouTube videos? Not at all. Yeah. Absolutely not. Because I'd never, no, I'd I'd never done that before. And actually that's, yeah, that timeline works out perfectly because I was 17 and I really started making like goofy YouTube videos when I was about 18. Yeah. So it's, yeah, there was definitely, definitely a process there. Yeah. And back in England when I hadn't really tried to change i didn't film anything because i was terrified of what people would have thought so do you think do you think that change still would have occurred if you had stayed in england oh see ah, i think i think about that a lot yeah i really do um the the main reason why i wanted to to change is because i i saw i kept seeing people that just you know you know when you're growing up even now you see people like He's got it all figured out. That guy, mm-hmm. like, how does he do it? He's just so, like, he's so smooth. He's so charming. Like, how does that guy do it? And I'd, I remember viewing people like that, even in England. Um, and then, of course, in Canada, and that led me to actually do something. So I'd, I'd like to think that yeah. after watching, you know, enough guys that we, you know, were, were outgoing, social, and receiving, like, real benefits from doing it. Like, they were like they were doing really well in what they were doing because they were making things happen mm-hmm. as opposed to just sort of climbing up and saying, well, hopefully those good opportunities come finally soon, hopefully. Yeah. It's, I, I'd like to think it would have happened, but I I consider myself very lucky for the, the people that were around me to initiate that in Canada. Yeah. Maybe it would have happened, maybe it would have happened, like, five, ten years later than it should have. I, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. But either way... It happened, and you're obviously better for it. I hope so. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, not to judge quiet people, but no, just kidding. I love quiet people. They're great. They give me a chance to talk. Uh, So, which is part of the reason why I do this podcast, so that I can have a chance to not talk, Um, and and just listen listen to people tell their stories here. So, so you started getting out of your little bubble? Because all I've ever known you as is the charismatic Joe Sim. See, that is crazy to me because there are so many times where I just, I don't fit, I, I personally don't feel like I fit that bill. But yeah. That's, that's, you know, everyone's their own worst critic in a sense. Oh, but that's, absolutely. That's, thank you. Yeah. That's, that's good to hear. Yeah, so you're, you're doing okay for yourself. <laughs> so so after, after high school, you went on to go home to England yeah. for your mission, I guess. Yeah. I, uh, and that was an amazing experience too. Yeah, yeah, and so that was that was two years. Did you did you serve anywhere that like you lived when you no, were younger? No, no. Th- thankfully. So I grew up in, in the south, and I served in the northeast of England. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> luckily, I wasn't you know knocking doors close to like schools that I went to, or like, yeah. actually bumping into uncles. You're like, hey, you're that kid. Yeah, so yeah. luckily that didn't happen. There were a couple of times where I think I saw people that I went to school with, I think, and then they like as they were driving by. So that there were a lot of elements that sort of reminded me, like, oh, this is the place you grew up. But that yeah. made it really special to me as well. That is really, really yeah. cool. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah, because most people go somewhere that they... Yeah, that's true. That's to- true. Totally new. Well, right. you, you sort of... 
the, the selfish reason is it gives you a chance to go back and people do this anytime they visit a place they've been to mm -hmm. is it gives you a chance to the setting is entirely the same so it gives you a chance to sort of look at where you're at in comparison to where you were back when you were there yeah so that that was really cool because i left at 16 and i came back like three years later and it was cool sort of thinking about how my life has changed how i've changed all the while being surrounded by my childhood yeah essentially you know gray skies and place called Cresco. <laughs> yeah so so then having been in you know having come to canada changed that much in those three years because i'm i'm guessing you changed a lot and then you were gone for two years, mm -hmm. and now you've been back for. Now I've been back for about two. Now I've been back for about two years. Two years, yeah. yeah. Which is oh, crazy to think about. Actually, <laughs> really crazy. To think yeah, about. yeah, yeah. So, so you've you, you've come back. How much have you changed in those two years since? The like, two years I've been back. Yeah, yeah. What's all changed since then? Um. Oh man, that is a. You go deep, Alex Williams. Oh, you got it. You don't mess around. I want to. I want to find out who Joe Sim is. <laughs> I um. I think a lot's a lot's changed. You you. What you spend all of your time doing and focusing on will will define the type of person that you are, and also, of course, define the circumstances around you. So mm -hmm. when I was in England, I spent most of my time in service, and you know, it very much in, involved um, and enveloped in like the gospel and the gospel life and the doctrine, all of that. And obviously I'm, you know, trying to keep as much of that as I humanly can mm -hmm. now that I'm back. But since, uh, since I've And then I became self-employed, which was terrifying and exciting all mm -hmm. at the same time. Um, so I, I think there have been there have been all sorts of milestones and just different difficulties and different stresses that sort of shape you and form resiliences that perhaps you you would have learned or wouldn't have learned elsewhere. Um, like there's there's things that I there's things now that I never would have had to deal with back then but there's things then that i would never have had to deal with the other way around if that if that makes sense yeah yeah so so becoming self-employed what has that been like oh man the best thing that i've done pers yeah. personally well i've got to be careful i say it because there's i've been lucky enough to do a lot of really cool things yeah um but this is it this was a very i think very important step that mm -hmm. i needed to take um it was it was terrible. I remember the the morning that I left the photography studio. I know I left on good times too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we sort of I told them what I wanted to do, and we you know we I finished all the jobs that I had with them. We shook hands, said our goodbyes, and then I remember getting into my car and realizing that oh great, you are now officially responsible for every bill you have to pay, and everything that happens next kind of all comes down to you. And so that it became very real in that moment. Yeah, um, I'm I'm kind of grateful that that occurred to me after, like, you know, the trigger had been pulled. Yeah, because otherwise I probably would have said, "No, I'm good. I'll just stay. I'll just stay. I'll just stay. It's fine. It's fine. I'll totally stay." Yeah. So that I'm there were some very real emotions that, that came across. I was like, "Okay, this is you. You are uh, accountable for everything. There's no blame. You can't come home from a day and say, oh, well, this happened because of my, you know.'" my fellow employee or my boss, like you, you're accountable for everything yeah. at that point. Um, but it's been really good. It's been, it's been tremendous learning curve and tons of fun. Yeah. And then you also get the fun time freedom, which has been lovely. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do? Sure. So I've been, um, the, the, the weird thing is, is I've kind of been doing what I'm doing now for ages. I've just been doing it for, other people mm -hmm. um, and under different names. So right now, I um, I have two different brands that I work with. So I have uh, a brand called Alexander, uh, which is primarily wedding videography. That's that's really all it was because um, I made I made the mistake of 
trying to be the jack of all trades in video. Mm. Like I'll do a music video one day, I'll do a family shoot the next, I'll do weddings. And because I didn't specialize in anything, no one felt special at, at all. So you couldn't yep. justify any kind of prices that you wanted to charge, you, you couldn't do it. So I, I decided I wanted to have a brand that was exclusive to wedding videography. So that's the company Alexander. And then I have another brand slash company called Through the Lens Videography, which is more, uh, it's more tailored to like businesses and has more of like a corporate structure yeah. to it and, and corporate feel to it as well. Yeah. Um, and I think having two brands has been great actually, because it means that I can have, each one can have its own identity, um, can have its own clientele base. That's been really good. It's just, you know, twice the the workload is the front yeah yeah but it, i mean which can also be a good thing oh, of course, yes. um and i know i know i've done work with you on on both of those yeah, brands yeah. which has been fun and and uh i mean of course i'm always honored that you named alexander after me i did yeah and you, you, um, know, you know how much begging and pleading it took for you to finally give me okay so yes joe yeah, yeah. Even after me, that's fine. You need to leave. It's midnight. You've got to like, leave my house. Which I mean, getting into royalties again. Yeah, exactly. um, I, I know what this whole podcast is about. Joe though. takes very good care of me, don't you, Joe? <laughs> now he does. Yeah. yeah now, he does. now he does. Now that I've got him on record here. So, 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 how, I mean, what do you enjoy about each of those, about the corporate stuff Ooh, and okay. the wedding videography? Because I'm curious. I've never actually been asked that before. I, um, love weddings I, yeah. like I, I really do a, a lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm in Canada um, so my favourite thing to film is is weddings I just love the the feel of a wedding day you're, you're essentially telling a love story mm-hmm. um, you do have creative liberties as well um, you're also just you're involved in such an elaborate event which is it's, it's amazing to be a part of that it, it does mean the stakes are ridiculously high yep because um, there aren't reshoots there's no there's no reshoots um, and you've also you have to get enough footage that when a bride and groom say hey listen we like the video but we're hoping to get some of this whatever this is you need to make sure you have it mm-hmm. and you can't just say oh yeah I must have missed you guys cutting the cake so uh, that's, yeah my, my bad you can't you can't do that yeah so by far my favorite thing to film is, is weddings and it's just an industry that I that I really like I do um, the trick with being in Canada is that um, you know nine months out of the year um, people just stop getting married it's weird love dies for nine months a year in Canada <laughs> basically because it also is like minus 30 and minus 40 and yeah. as we saw you know someone's not going to make it um, so that's that's one of the reasons why I, I realized I need to have I need to have something else just from like a financial standpoint. I need to be doing something else throughout the year yeah. um, to make sure that I'm not relying my entire fiscal year on just like a three month period. Yeah. Um, but that that was something I that's the reason why I got into it. Um, the reason why I say it is because I, I really do love it. Um, my my choice I, for a long time I thought I would just have a full time job throughout the winter months and then you know, if I'm able to leave and just shoot weddings. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I love working for businesses. It's very different. Totally. Um, yeah, because the, the priorities for the clients are totally different. Yeah. Uh, you have to, you kind of have to tailor your pitch um, for, for weddings. It's entirely to do with the experience and quality. Yeah. For businesses, a lot of times they'll, they're willing to jeopardize quality if it means you can get a cheaper video out of it. That's because they're running it as a business like the, yeah. the dollar sign is kind of what makes or breaks the game yeah um but i've, I've really enjoyed i've really enjoyed working for businesses too. yeah really yeah it. and it is a totally different thing totally it's different. completely yeah, different. Totally different and so so that that's interesting and it's good that you've got that set up where you can yeah and can do that having two brands has been yeah tremendously helpful with that oh absolutely yeah because otherwise people are like so what do you do exactly yeah right and i ran into that a lot when i started yeah yeah so that's that's excellent so uh, moving moving forward mm-hmm. i mean with this summer i know you've already got a ton <laughs> of of weddings booked or quite a few and it's I've, booking up I've, yeah i've been very lucky with that yeah yeah it's been, it's been so so kind of the the plan and you've been to some interesting places mm-hmm. To, to shoot weddings as well, yeah, which I is... To, 
had a chance to go to the UK twice last year for, for weddings. Which yeah, was, which I, I see a picture on your desk of you and your brother in yeah, kilts. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we've uh, in our kilts too. Very patriotic. Very. Every wedding has a dress code and we're willing to adhere to that. Yeah, yeah, which I saw the I saw a bit of the video for that one. Oh, you saw the behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, where and it just looked awesome. It was it was a lot of fun. English yeah. weddings are very different to uh, oh to weddings in North America just because the cultures are so different. Yeah, a lot of people base their weddings on weddings that they've been to. Yeah, so that's why you know per country they mm-hmm. more or less follow the same theme or structure. Yeah. When you go to it, like the other side of the world, yeah, the weddings are completely different. Yeah. Really good. Which is really cool that you've been able to experience that. That's true. And yeah. and I'm sure you're looking forward to more ex- oh, experiences. Yeah. You know, maybe not just with weddings, but just visiting other places and, and seeing that's, different that's things. That's by far the biggest perk of filmmaking. Yes. Yeah. At, at some point, you can, you know, you can take that and travel. And because... Like the idea is that your gear is your gear is able to be taken from place to place. Mm-hmm. Even when you're traveling, you can be making something. So I, I love that. Yeah, even if even if it's a vague justification, like, oh, oh well, yeah. I'm going oh, here because I need video of the Alps. <laughs> totally. Right. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, which which is fantastic. So, moving into the future. Mm-hmm. You're doing weddings this summer. I yes. mean, you'll do more corporate stuff in the winter, probably again. What's you know, what what's the big dream? What's the down the line? Oh man, oh man. My my end goal is to uh, to own an advertising agency. Okay. That's, um, so that's actually what my degree's in right now. But I I moved all online, which has been chaos yeah to put it lightly. which i'm surprised we haven't even touched on yeah, you're you're doing school on top of all of this yes i well i've i've made the i've made the workloads lighter to try and make sure that there's time to do you know work as well and mm-hmm. make sure i sleep i hear that's good i hear people get benefits from sleeping yeah that's like, what they tell me i gotta try it we gotta try it sometime it's, yeah yeah it's, it's pretty good yeah um <laughs> yeah so all my schooling got moved online um purely for the purpose of being able to to travel if mm-hmm. i'm in england like i was for about two two weeks then i can still be you know i don't have to put school on hold and fail that semester because of it yeah um so i made sure the workloads are lighter to you know compensate for that uh but my end goal is to own an advertising agency and there is a i want to say an optimistic 10-year plan in order to get there um so a lot of it has to do with you know getting the degree um you know, through advertising and you know a couple of minors in project management, uh, spending a couple of years um, at an actual advertising agency, learning mm-hmm. as much as I can possibly soak up, and then coming back to either Calgary or Vancouver and running an advertising agency. That's that's the end. That's the end game. Yeah. Uh, the idea of the idea of being in charge of a brand's identity is mm-hmm. is really really appealing to me. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a very fun creative and and constantly changing uh type of work yeah oh absolutely i mean you look at and i a lot of the principles remain the same i mean i do a lot of advertising too so i you know thank you thank you very much a lot of the principles remain the same um but but you're right it it does change and i think a lot of it is because we get new tools totally right I, i mean 20 years ago no company was on twitter and hardly any company was even on the internet 20 years ago. Oh, the, the advertising game changes constantly. And so that is, that's really why it's so enticing. Yeah. Is it, it is, it's just a, it's a industry that involves content creation, branding, filmmaking as well. Mm-hmm. And it just encompasses everything that I, I want to do. So yeah, yeah my, my end game is hopefully in the next 10 years. Yeah. Uh, running an advertising agency which would be fantastic be, be incredible yeah yeah, yeah. Wait, i i mean and i love hearing about what people mm-hmm. want um and and kind of what their their intended future mm-hmm. is like basically i've just spent too many nights watching mad men and it's and, decided my entire life yeah, yeah you, that's, that's all it is you've settled you're like this is what yeah, it's gonna it. be I just, yeah I yeah live the, the really corrupted and you know crazy terrible life of Don Draper. That's that's all I want to do. Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been <laughs> just 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 cut it off there. 
I, I want to be I corrupt. Lift, I want to lift the train wreck that is Don Draper's Yes. Yeah, that's all I, I want. Yeah. And cut. And cut. Excellent. Well, thanks, Joe. Uh, fortunately, I edit this, so I can make this your no, closing line. See, that's words of advice to live by, ladies and gentlemen. Never offend an editor. Never do it. They have more power oh. than anyone else in the industry. Never do it. They, seriously, especially if it's a very skilled oh, yeah. editor, they can... Yeah, that's what, just, I mean, be careful what you read on the internet, too. Just be aware that a lot of things get misconstrued, and that there's Photoshop, and it's not that hard to use. Oh, yeah. So. Never offended editor. Seriously. So, well, Joe, you haven't offended me today. Thank you. Uh, since that's... you have agreed the royalties and oh, stuff. Yeah, and... yeah, you're untouchable. No, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's I, I appreciate that, Joe. Um, but do you have any... Any any final like advice? A, a proper ending line that doesn't involve you being as corrupt as you really are. <laughs> um, I I think um, if, if life has taught me anything, and there are far more qualified people than I am, if, if life's taught me anything, it's that there are going to be so many projects and ideas and visions for the future that you're going to be apprehensive about. That goes, that goes for everyone. Introverts, extroverts, it, they will be apprehensive about doing something. And I, I only ask that you don't fall into the, the trap that the 16-year-old me fell into when he saw where he was in life, realized what his role was socially, maybe even mentally, physically. He realized like the, the template that he fit, and that was, the only, that, that was it for the rest of his life. I think if I had stayed in that... I would never have been able to even come close to some of the opportunities that I've been so grateful to have been a part of, um, whether that's in terms of like business or, or you know, relationships, friendships. There's no, none of that could have happened unless I was willing to say, okay, there's a type of person that I want to be, and I'm just going to go ahead and try and be that person. And so I, I really hope that anyone, anyone will take that into account and realize that they're a lot of limitations are kind of internal and not real at all. Mm -hmm. You just assume that I am this type of person and that's it forever. You, people are so much more capable than they realize. And even if it is a process that they've got to work on, don't be apprehensive about it. You can really just, like, people can, in fact, change. Personalities can change, for better or for worse. So, good luck. <laughs> good luck. Have fun. <laughs> I will... Perfect. <laughs> Thanks, Joe, for for being. Yeah. I think guest number number four Thank on my so podcast. This no, was no, this this, really cool. this was an yeah. awesome conversation, and I always love love chatting with you yeah. and with other people Just too. Just seeing you is a pleasure, yeah. man. Well, Thank this you. has been grand. You you flatterer. <laughs> this has been my wax museum, hosted by myself, Alex Williams, and produced by Nightworthy Media House.